0: The 2 for one Drafts. Austin Gale here with my guy, Mike Renner. We are excited for the Tuesday edition of the 2 for one Drafts podcast. Really looking forward to this one. Finally, to a normal work week. The holiday schedule was kind of putting us in a tiz yes. there. That was not easy to do, but we got a couple of good segments here on the podcast. We're going to talk about some of the top underclassmen on the defensive side of the ball in the 2020 NFL Draft. We're looking at edge defenders, interior defensive line, linebackers, cornerbacks, and safety. Some good names yes, on that are. list.
1: Those are the positions on defense. Th- those are the
0: positions on defense and for more of that go to pff.com <laughs> no uh but some of the some of the big names there chase young obviously yeah. jeffrey akuda will touch on quite a bit but there's also some other names too that are more interesting conversations guys that have an opportunity to rise or fall upcoming so then after that we're going to do our classic rolling rook segment that still goes on in the postseason we had some fantastic rookie performance dk metcalf i mean what that was a very fantastic yeah. performance for Seattle in the postseason. Haters wrong. Yeah, definitely, the proven haters. Definitely prove some haters wrong. I was really impressed with what he did deep down the football field. He adds that element to a Seattle offense that really needs that. I think um, you talked about it when he first went to Seattle. Such a good fit. In the Seahawks offense yes. I think you saw it by a, a thousand percent in that game exactly what his role needs to
1: be or should be in that offense yeah I think you're seeing why the Russell he's a big part of why Russell Wilson's having a career year is basically just what that speed threat brings to the table we actually had it was a Kevin Cole wrote a great article about it on our website last week just sort of breaking down it was Will Fuller and the Texans offense and just what guys who are the over-the-top deep threat do to opposing defenses you know they give you s- simpler looks mm-hmm. they take attention away from you know if you do have a number one receiver on the other Side, a guy like Tyler Lock and the other side takes attention away from that because you can't have. We said you can't have a guy, you can't have Jalen Mills going one-on-one with DK Metcalf and press man coverage. No. You just, you can't it's risk that. Exactly. You can't <laughs> risk that uh, when a guy runs a 4-3 three at three, 230 pounds. You just can't risk having a slower cornerback on him and asking him to hold up in man coverage.
0: Right now, we are also live on YouTube. You can, while on YouTube, you can check the tracker below. We're looking at the top underclassmen on the defensive side of the ball. In addition to that, you can feel free to throw some chats and comments in there. We'll, we'll maybe respond to those. So Let's go ahead and dive into this. First one, Chase Young of Ohio State. Dudes and absolute monster off the edge safest prospect in the class comes up generational talent I mean we're running out of superlatives for this guy his eval is done it's been done since like since like three months ago (laughs) he's that good I think Chase Young the conversation's easy he's number two pick this year
1: his eval is whatever whatever your grading scale tops out at that's the eval Mm -hmm. on Chase Young at this point he's just that good don't really even need to talk about him too much more he doesn't need to go to the combine. He doesn't need to really do anything to be the lock at number two overall for the Washington Redskins. If they don't trade, they could very well trade. But the first team that's drafting a non-quarterback, it will be Chase Young.
0: Yep. And, and so yeah, that I think you bring up a good point there. Though you talk to the, the analytics guys, Eric Eager and George Tahriri, always thinking about positional value in the quarterback position specifically. They say the Washington Redskins should swing the bat on two at Low at number two overall. Maybe the Detroit Lions do the same if he slips to three. What's your opinion of that? Of you know, drafting a quarterback until you find one, so you know you have that guy Washington can't be super convinced with Dwayne Haskins the Giants can't be super convinced with Daniel Jones where are you with C.I. Tagovailoa to one uh, of those two I'd teams? be all
1: on board with that if he didn't have if he didn't have a very serious Grith threatening affair Like that, that is throwing a monstrous wrench into this whole draft evaluation process, you know, and it will going forward until we get a sort of clean bill on that hip. Because at any point over the next six months or six months post injury, so at any point, you know, up until the draft, he could uh, have avascular necrosis, which would mean that the head, the ball joint of his hip could lose blood and die. And then at that point, he has to get a hip replacement and he is not playing football ever again. And so that's the risk you're running with how serious this injury. It's not a high percentage chance, Somewhere in the ten to twenty-five percent, over you know for, for like historical averages, with that injury, but that's still a big enough percentage chance that I'd be terrified uh, unless your doctors feel very safe with their uh, you know evaluations of him in April, whenever you know before the draft.
0: Have you and your dad, I know as a doctor, have gotten closer since the <laughs> two attack of my low injury? I'm sure you guys are texting a bit more, asking
1: for each other. We had actually, back. I wrote an article about him on the website, and we had an hour-long conversation. I didn't mean for it to go to an hour. <laughs> he he wanted it to. Go for an hour. We had an hour-long conversation about his injury and what all could happen about it. And so, yes, I'm now an expert apparently on hip injuries. That's fantastic. I'm sure your dad's
0: happy <laughs> about that. Uh, let's go to the next uh, underclassman here, Your Gross Matos of Penn State. Kind of a freakish player from an athletic standpoint. Six foot five, hundred and sixty-four pounds. Should run, you know, a, a very decent forty yeah, at the that combine. Nice. This guy's an athletic. You know, he's got the size, the tools, the athleticism. However. While he's improved every year from a pass rushing standpoint, from a production standpoint at Penn State, he still has yet to hit that ceiling yeah. that you want to see at the college level from a production standpoint before you kind of take him high in the draft.
1: Yeah, Etor only had thirty-eight pressures this past year. That's fine. He had multiple pressures every single game. Love that he was consistent. It wasn't like he's this guy whooping up on, uh, you know, some Mac tackle and then shows up in a bigger game uh, and doesn't do anything. He was fairly consistent throughout the year, but you never really saw dominance. You never really saw him. Get to that next level that we'd like to see when we're projecting a guy in the first round like all the guys who we have first round grades now off the edge had elite 90 plus pass rushing grades this past season. Like you you have to if you're not doing it against guys who won't even sniff the NFL pass blocking at tackle just the chances of you flipping that switch and doing it once you do get to the NFL seems slimmer to us. So we're just going to be a little more risk averse Mm -hmm. to guys like you who just have not produced an elite level quite yet, but we love the upward trajectory, love the traits. So we're still going to be like, you know, second round on them. But I I bet he ends up in the first round. It's all said. And
0: and you mentioned that the guys we have first round grades on all have earned that like 90 plus PFF pass rush grade at some point or even this past year. And that's just because we love the grades. That's because it's proven. We've seen that those grades do translate to the next level. Pass rush production, specifically pressures and how quickly you're getting to the quarterback translates. Pass rush wins translate from college to pro. We've seen that.
1: It's the closest thing you get in the sport to a one on one, you know, batter versus pitcher interaction that's Mm -hmm. so predictive in baseball that's so, you know, why that's such an analytical boom works for baseball is because it was such a simplistic interaction. That's the closest thing you're getting. And so that's why we feel like the data at those positions has been the most accurate uh, in predicting to the next level. There you go. And
0: looking at you, Turgos Matos, when I said improving every year, 2017 is 72.3 overall grade and 2018 75.1 in this past year an 85.1 overall grade improved as a run defender significantly. I think he's hard to beat in the run game as a pass rusher earned an 82.3 pass rusher grade with 38 total pressures. All right, moving on to the next guy here let's go ahead and get to it. We're going to talk Terrell Lewis. Uh, he's another guy that has a lot of tools that you yeah. kind of want to get on board with. Injuries have been a bit of a concern with him, I, but I think at Alabama, this is a guy that a clean bill of health, you start to get excited about because of those tools.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 148 snaps back in 2017 was his previous career. I didn't play at all in 2018, I believe towards ACL in the preseason before that be a great out. Well, as a freshman, sophomore, like I said, unlimited snaps comes in this year. Has some highs down the stretch, kind of fell off a bit in terms of his production, but still finished with an 85.8 pass rushing grade. Another guy we see as kind of a day two, uh, high day two, mid day two, sort of like, so a second round sort of guy at this point. Terrell Lewis has the length, size you like, uh, and has a few pass rushing moves at this point. But still, just not super excited. There's not much that I get super excited with with Lewis. Uh, but he definitely l- looks the part of an NFL player at this point, and has the production, uh, has pretty good production as well.
0: Uh, looking at, I want to talk specifically about Terrell Lewis versus Anfernee Jennings, the, mm-hmm. the, the other Alabama edge defender. He's earned an 86.5 overall grade, Terrell Lewis is 79.6. Both of them similar in pass rush production, though. Terrell Lewis led the Alabama team with 48 total pressures with Anfernee Jennings falling at 44. Close pass rush
1: grades. Where are you at with those two players? specifically so Jennings uh, I go back and forth on because he had that serious injury it was two years ago now uh, in the playoff Uh, came back and just did not look like the same player last year 2018 Uh, I just didn't think he was explosive the change of direction ability when he had to get out in space it looked ugly and so it was pretty low on him heading into the year rebounded a bit I, I think a year away from that injury was a big thing for him but I still don't see the explosiveness that I'm drafting highly and thinking he's going to be able to rush the passer well at the next level. Yep, I think um, I'm with you on
0: that point. I think another thing, looking at these Alabama Pastors grades, I think a guy you want to jump on, an underclassman, not for this year's draft, but Christian Barmore. He was our fake ID <laughs> earlier this year. Yeah, on, on small sample size he's here, but dangerous. only 168 PFF, or 168 rush snaps here in an 89.7 PFF Pastors grade, a former four-star recruit there that at Alabama. Good. You know, When you start to put that kind of production up in the SEC, even if it is across a small sample size, over 100 snaps, no, though, that not, non-negligible. Gonna, that, that's legit, yeah. that's you know, six foot five, 240 plus, or 290 plus plus pounds that guy's a monster he'll be the next bama dt going round one i'd put good money on that one there you go all right now let's get i gotta get into josh ucci of Mm -hmm. michigan blew up this year pass rush production i mean he made a name for himself for michigan i will say this and i think i bring it up every time we talk about ucci a lot of his pass rush wins are inside he kind of beats people in, in a weird way that way doesn't normally beat outside shoulder but inside they, coming there. they
1: used him as like a stand-up blitzer mm-hmm. a lot almost like an off-ball guy but he'd be on the line of scrimmage and then he'd beat guards quickly and you le- you like to see that especially as an undersized guy but it's not necessarily it's not really a role that just happens at the next level if that if you're if you're rushing from there chances are you're an off-ball linebacker like mm-hmm. that's what you'd be playing full-time if you're an edge guy that's not necessarily going to be happening so uh, the Senior Bowl will be huge for him because uh, he was off the charts in terms of production this year. Ninety-one point two pass rushing grade, but it came on only two hundred six snaps. He really was limited. Really was only coming in in favorable pass rushing situations. Not only, but most of his uh, you know attempts were in favorable pass rushing situations. And so, can he one? Can he sort of tick that? Size box that you need to see because he's listed at 240. Is he going to show up at 250? But if you're 240, you can play off the edge of the NFL. You better be running a four or five. You better be a freak athlete to be holding up off the edge of the NFL. I don't think he's quite that. I think he's a I agree. Athlete, but he's not. He's not elite. He's not freakishly elite. Is that so. a four or five athlete? Yes, and so. We'll see uh, how he does there, because if he shows up at 250 and he's beaten offensive tackles off the edge, then we can start to talk about him uh, pushing up our board.
0: I think, that, I think that makes a ton of sense. Do you see him, if he doesn't show up at 250, if he shows up closer to 240 in a hybrid role at the next level where he is off playing off-ball off ball a little bit yeah. more, in, in, in a creative defense, one mm-hmm. that's willing to put, pe- you know, put off-ball linebackers in different situations, rush the, rush the passer with
1: them, similar to what the Patriots do with Van Hoy, Dante yeah. Hightower, etc. Yeah, I mean, and they're not, so the coaching staffs aren't stupid at senior ball. If he shows up at 240, he's playing off the ball. <laughs> he's not he's not going to be they're not going to have him in the one on ones. They didn't have Joe Shobert rushing in the one on ones when he was at the Senior Bowl back in the day. And that was a similar sort of build to Uchi. So uh, I do think that, that it will be huge for him in terms of seeing what he can do from a coverage perspective. Because only 73 coverage snaps this past year really was not. Mm-hmm. That's not been anything he's done uh, up until this point. But uh, beating blocks and being a good athlete helps at the linebacker position so he has a leg up in that regard if that's where he's going to be.
0: Looking specifically at where his 46 pressures or somewhere around there came from, it looks like 10 unblocked that comes a lot from like blitzing off ball a little Stunk bit stand and up, up and stuff like that and also another seven inside. It's an interesting play. I think there are some more outside wins than I saw. I'd like to go back and watch his tape and see some of those outside wins, how he's winning to the outside shoulder yeah. and and kind of get a better eval of that that move for him. Let's go to Curtis Weaver. This is a PFF dude. This Guy has graded mm-hmm. so well at the collegiate level. Yes, in the Mountain West, San Diego State's Mountain West. Let me mind you, but <laughs> Curtis Weaver of Boise State. This guy, I, I want to say, interesting. Six foot three, and sixty four sixty four pounds, but. You have to admit this guy looks kind of fat on the football. He's got a weird frame. He's got like a, yeah. a big boy frame. And I, I'm not saying he isn't athletic. He's athletic for his size, and, uh, very athletic for his size. But he's got an interesting frame he's in dead. that it's kind of a thicker, fatter frame. In my opinion, I couldn't get he's over it. He's not watching super explosive.
1: Tapes. And if you're going to watch his tape, don't watch late in the season because he had a high ankle sprain against New Mexico, played through it, but you just was not the same in the games after that, which is unfortunate because the bowl game came up against Washington and he had a good matchup there to go up against some good tackles, but he was definitely, if you watch him early in the season was not the same explosiveness, could not turn the corner in that game because of that ankle injury. So if you're going to watch him watch earlier in the season. He was just unblockable for probably Mm -hmm. the first eight weeks of the year. uh, And like every single game multiple pressures, dominating performance. So go back. If you're going to watch him, check the early tape. I, I, like I said, not best athlete. Doesn't quite look like uh, you know. Doesn't look like Von Miller out there on the football field. But the quite the, the opposite. Dude Von gets Miller. the job done. Yeah. Uh, has great hands and popping his hands. Uh, uh, still, he's his
0: role is also coach. very very versatile. I'd always say they drop him yeah. into coverage way off, more often than you'd think. And uh, a comment here on the live YouTube chat is: Is he still edge three for PFF? I mean, yes. we see others. Others are a little bit lower on him, probably because of those size concerns, probably because mm. of those athleticism concerns, but. We at PFF, the production comes first. We see that translate more often than it doesn't. With Curtis Weaver, the production is up there with Chase Young levels. Yeah,
1: off the charts. Uh, He's just, and it's multiple years of it now at this point. I feel pretty good about him as a first rounder. All
0: right, let's go to Jonathan Garvin of Miami, Florida. Talk to me about him. He's not a guy that comes up a ton. These other guys we're bringing Mm -hmm. up here, Curtis Weaver, Chase Young, obviously our guys up there in the top.
1: Where are you at with Jonathan Garvin? Had a breakout year this year, uh, 88.2 pass rushing grade. Uh, To me, he's kind of like a... High day three guy, though. I, I didn't see much athletically that got me too excited of, you know, of his big games. His best two grades came against Duke off the line, Central Michigan offensive line. They just had some disappearing acts against a little better offensive lines throughout the year, which that's the worry is if you can beat up on the the terrible tackles in college football, but not the better ones that uh, starts to get worrisome. And I think that's where I'm at with Garvin is just he's not athletic enough uh, and doesn't have the you know, sort of production profile right now. That's going to get me too excited. Moving to
0: Nick Coe of Auburn, six foot five, 281 pounds, not necessarily sim- similar. And he's a bigger dude. Probably yeah, not. Auburn defense. Yeah. Those, backs. but Marlon Davidson too. It's yeah, very similar in that saying, they're dude. just like big boys, uh, like kind of playing
1: five technique at the next level. Probably. <laughs> yeah. They'll stand, they'll stand up these guys, these 280 pounders as outside. To stop the run though. Yeah. yeah it's to it's to stop just the run. to plug gaps in mm-hmm. the middle. And as such, like he'd, did nothing as a pass rusher. I'm very surprised he ended up declaring. I mean, it might have been because he got benched late in the season, something going on there with him. But it was a two-year starter in 17 and 18. Like I said, got benched later on in the 2019 season. Only 381 snaps this past year. 20 pressures. Uh, the production just, is not there. No more than five pressures in a game, and those five came against Tulane. And I know he's bigger. You know, 280 plus. But he doesn't even for that size. He doesn't look. That doesn't athletic. wear the weight well. Yeah, it doesn't look that athletic at that, that size. So I don't know which 66, way. Sixty-six point
0: five overall grade, sixty-four point three PFF. Passer's grade. It's rare when you're not even an athlete, not even like yeah. a superior athlete, does that level of production and athleticism translating.
1: Yeah, it's, I don't know where he goes in terms of that size. Is very tweener ish size in terms of you can maybe go. You can go put on ten more pounds and go inside. You can lose twenty pounds, fifteen pounds and go outside. I'm not sure which way he goes. I, I'm not too too uh, high on me. Auburn way. and Georgia I feel like employs these types of defensive ends where like, they kind of play edge defender
0: at the college level, but they're almost yeah. too big to play edge defender
1: Defensives like that that like really don't attack and really just start like reading. I don't know how you recruit like mm-hmm. how, like, how do you recruit any sort of defensive line talent. I like I get why they all go to like Clemson now and Clemson and Alabama like it's because they in Ohio State it's because they, they rush the passer like you do in the NFL. They don't just like, sit there and That's run a good read.
0: point, though. I mean, when, when you put, a, put together a defense that maybe works for you at the college level, I, mean, I wouldn't say Auburn's winning a yeah. ton of SEC SEC Championship, <laughs> but works together at the okay. college level, I, I think it's harder to recruit, though, because like Chase Young, That's like, what if they ask Chase Young to put up like, another 40 pounds, like, dude, yeah. play this hey. beefy position for us, like, hey, that would just be ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. All right, we're going to go to one of my favorites now. We're diving into interior defensive line on this under, uh, top underclassmen. look here, Justin Matibuque. This guy is fantastic. So fun to watch on tape. Six foot three, three hundred four pounds, an eighty five point seven overall grade, and a seventy eight point eight PFF passer's grade. If you're going to watch one game, you're like, hey, I don't have a lot of time. Drafts coming up. Gettleman's asking me for my thing. The computer folk <laughs> are involved. Watch the Ole Miss one. The yeah. Ole Miss game
1: for Matt Abuke Dominant. is so so fun to watch. Yeah, he's got that quick twitch on the interior that uh that wins i mean it's what you need if you're going to rush the pass with the next level as a defense tackle you better have some off the ball quickness you better have a good first step Madibuke definitely possesses that it is worrisome that he was so inconsistent that, that he didn't like i thought just like watching him throughout the year and you know watching the old miss game and then seeing his final grade being only 78.8 he just felt better than that he yeah. felt more consistent than that uh having watched him but uh I still think he's probably a day two guy for probably a second, third rounder uh, in that sort of mix, Mm -hmm. but definitely offers something as a pass rusher that not... Not a ton of other guys outside the top group, too. I think that's
0: where I'm going in the interview process to kind of literally attack that inconsistency. Look at like, hey, man, like you produ- there are snaps where you look like some- one of the best defensive tackles in yeah. this class. And there's other ones where you kind of get lost. Where are you with that? What's going on? Is that what they're telling you to do? Are you playing the run first? Where are you at? Are you not paying your ears back? I think that's where you really need to find hey, what, out. What the hell is wrong with you? Dude? What the f- is wrong with you, man? You're so inconsistent. I hate you. <laughs> Uh, But yeah still though And I think the thing That you brought on there And I wanted to touch on Is that he has that Quick twitch Mm -hmm. To win as an interior Pass rusher At the next level If you see that you see that in defense tackle, automatically you start to push him up boards. Yeah. And I think he's not in that same tier, though, as the Derrick Brown and Javon yeah, Kinlaw. So like I, I, so in I a think
1: there's this, the, the top tier is the guy we'll touch on next year Jordan Elliott, Derrick Brown, Javon Kinlaw. Those three. Would have been Marvin Wilson if he didn't would return. Would have been Marvin Wilson if he didn't return. Yeah, those three, I'm not going to say they can't miss, but they're all very talented. They're all very well rounded defensive tackle. They have prospects. that quick
0: twitch and, and uh, that yes, consistency. And, uh,
1: yes, athleticism, production, all of it.
0: All right, let's go ahead and dive into Jordan Elliott. This guy kind of blew up this year. After a very good year in 2018, you're in an 86.6 overall grade in 2018 and 83.1 PFF pass rush grade. This year, Jordan Elliott of Missouri, 92.4 overall grade, 91, 91.1 PFF pass rush grade. That, those are good numbers. You see the consistency in his grading profile. He's got that athleticism you covet at the position now in today's
1: passing NFL and that pass rush production that mm-hmm. translates so often to the NFL. I know people you know, lose their mind. Over some Derek Brown highlights, and it's easy to because he is a very impressive specimen. For my money, Jordan Elliott, his high-level plays are the most impressive of this top defense tackle group. He will throw guys. The pop that he has in his hands uh, is very impressive, and he's. I think he's going to test well athletically as well, and he's not. He's no small. You know, he's no undersized. Pure three tech either. This guy is probably a good three hundred fifteen, three hundred twenty pounds. He's going to come in at, uh, and so he can play anywhere, any alignment you want to. Basically, can fit any sort of scheme with his body size. Uh, yeah, Jordan Elliott is a. Pin in it, first rounder for us.
0: This wow, point. there yep. you go. I like a pin in it. Always love putting a pin <laughs> fault in it, there. Uh, fault me. Fault me. Uh, I, I need your help here. I haven't watched a snap of Ross Blacklock of TCU. W- where are you at with him? He hasn't been the guy in the conversation with us in these kind of guys that have that quick twitch, have that that athleticism that translates to pass
1: rushing potential in the NFL. So watching the TCU defensive line, and I think we talked about it last spring. It's just like when it was L.J. Collier and. Uh, the other one, go name's me. Uh, but they—they just—it's so painful to watch because they are stunting and slanting every snap, and it's just like a, an absolute mess. You never really get to see them play uh, basically like NFL sort of techniques. You're not—they're not doing asked being asked to do NFL sort of things, but with Blacklock, you see a first step. That is pretty special. He has one of the best first steps uh, in this draft class. He moves really? very well for a defensive tackle. Now the refinement as a pass rusher, it's not there. I think I saw him use one move as a pass rusher. He he would he would do a push pull, a quick push pull, and that was it. That's about what he has right now at this point. But he's a very good athlete. Uh, excellent grade against the run this year, eighty nine point five. Like I said, the pass rushing still to come, but I th- but but we have that sort of we know that TCU. Yeah, when I, when really I talked to Ben
0: Banigu last really, year, I was yeah. saying you know hey like how are you developing his pass rush? are talking to me about some of your moves. He's like actually I'm learning them all this off season. Yeah. I didn't really get taught a ton of moves at TCU. I'm like literally he was grinding Von Miller film and other you know Cleo yeah. Mack to say like hey how do I add something to my repertoire? That's a problem. Like going to the NFL as athletic as Ben Banigu was, he blew up the combine, broad mm-hmm. jump, ten yard split, all that stuff he still didn't have a ton of moves, not a ton of experience preparing in that way, putting together a game plan that included what moves he's going with first and second. And I think Blacklock is probably in a similar boat, only one year removed from the story we got from Banigou. Yes. Going to linebackers here, the last part of this front seven, Kenneth Murray of Oklahoma. This guy shows up on my feed more often than you, than I expect. I mean, this guy is super athletic, super rangy, makes plays that other linebackers in this class just can't make. Uh-huh. And I think those that type of athleticism, as we've said, we've said a thousand times, is what the NFL wants. People want
1: athletes on the football field at all positions, linebacker included, and Kenneth Murray, a good athlete. I feel like he's a perfect zone linebacker. You think with all athleticism, he'd be good in man coverage, and he's really not exceptional whether it's going turning and running uh you know flipping his hips that sort of thing has not been his game at oklahoma but when something comes out in front of him when there's a screen dump off cross around over the middle he closes as fast as any linebacker in college right now that is his uh calling card that's his bread and butter there in that oklahoma defense uh, and it's something that he was much better at or over the, towards the second half of this season Missed far fewer tackles. That was a big concern of mine heading into this year. Had 20 missed tackles last year, only 13 this year. Not a lot down the stretch. Played very, very well. It was a game changer in that Baylor Conference Championship game. Uh, you see that, that explosiveness, like I said, perfect fit for any team that's going to ask him to just you know, spot drop in his own coverage and then go and attack in front of him. Let's go to the
0: other off-ball linebacker here. We have David Woodward of Utah State. Didn't end up playing after Week 9 Air, at Air Force, but as a sophomore, absurd production across six, 768 total snaps, 92.3 overall grade and 91.5 grade in coverage. This past year, didn't play as many snaps, still earned impressive grades in 83.1 overall grade. He's a guy that played really well in coverage in the Mountain West, but mm-hmm. does he have that athleticism, that Kenneth Murray stuff to
1: play coverage? In so, the NFL? It's, so you don't have to be Kevin Murray to be uh, mm-hmm. a, good, a coverage line. Backer in the NFL to me. He's almost like a Blake Martinez in that he's not super explosive straight line speed is not great but he will If you'll draft him in the fourth round, you'll plug him in as a starter and you'll never be upset that he's your starter linebacker. You'll never be you you could upgrade, but you'll never he's not going to miss a ton of plays. He's not going to make a ton of bad plays. You're not going to be screaming at your TV saying, God damn it, David Woodward. Why the hell were you doing this? No, he's just a very solid all around player and has I would bet he runs around the high four sixes. Like a four-seven, which is more than enough athleticism. I think he's just a very smooth athlete, but explosively, he's not gonna he's not gonna have a highlight real hit. He's not gonna make. He's not gonna blow up an offensive lineman to make a play. He's just probably gonna be in the right spot at the right time and finish uh, more plays than not.
0: Do you know what he went down for the injury? Well, I don't remember what his injury I was. Remember. I'm looking at uh, looking it up now. Looks like. You don't
1: always get that
0: stuff. Yeah, I don't.
1: Yeah, for sure. Especially at small schools where they're not heavily reported. You will be like, I was searching forever to find out just what happened to Curtis Weaver earlier this year. Turned out it was high ankle. But yeah, apparently
0: it's in concussions. Oof. That's not great for the season. Season-ending concussions is what it says. It doesn't Yikes. look great. This is a... I declare this is, early, too. Yeah, that, that, that's not that's great. I would definitely want to look into that more and more than just a simple Google shirts. search. Let's go to the last underclassman in the front seven, the linebacker here, Willie Gay Jr. of Mississippi State, six of one, 242 pounds, um... He's he's a guy
1: that this this is a guy you kind of liked. This is the guy I loved heading into the season. I was like, we just need to see more of him. Mm -hmm. And well, we actually saw less of him. He only played 177 snaps this year. Yikes! Came in his very first series against Kentucky. Has a pick six. I mean, he is one of the fastest linebackers in college football. Uh, One of the smoothest coverage linebackers. Uh, To me, his sort of coverage ceiling is. And I hate using the word ceiling, but like he he has all the coverage traits you could possibly want. Like mm-hmm. he, he can move. The dude looks like a cornerback the way he moves out there, like a Jamel Dean, uh, safety. Size. <laughs> yeah, basically. And, and but just not super, uh, not good at taking on blocks whatsoever. Probably going to be a liability in the run game early on his career, similar to what we saw from like a Devin White this year. But also the red flags of he got suspended this year, had multiple injuries, and now he leaves early after playing. 846 snaps in a three-year career. With uh, high coverage
0: with, grades. <laughs> with high yeah. coverage with grades uh, across the
1: board. 87.1 coverage grade as a freshman. 90.6 last year, 89.9 this year on only 64 coverage snaps. Like this just,
0: smells like if he buries the red flags, a steal on day two, day three. Yeah, It does. It I, bet, I bet like he that way.
1: It, it's just too many red flags in terms of not being able to stay on the field at Mississippi State with suspensions, uh, not even being able to stay, stay on the field in terms of he was a spot starter for them last year in 2018, was not a full time starter for them uh, would come in in nickel and dime packages. But yeah, there, there's some red flags, but the dude can cover has shown it again and again throughout his career. Uh, I'll, I'll bet on that working well at the next level
0: there you go that's going to do it for the front seven underclassmen on the defensive side of the ball um let's go ahead and get right into cornerbacks and safeties very impressive cornerback class at the underclass uh, underclassmen mm-hmm. at cornerback. starting yes. with jeffrey akuda of ohio state cornerback one and that's not changing this guy's got the link athleticism you know former five star i mean this guy's got all the traits you want the production this year i, I don't see him and we talked about this before going past matt Patricia and the detroit lions at number three he just <sighs> i don't see him getting past that
1: I well I could see him getting past that okay just based on the Lions draft history uh, why are you say but that? okay hear me out I don't see uh, I wish he
0: wouldn't get past Lions. they probably go like yeah. Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw or something at the top there. see
1: like that's the thing that worries me about the Lions pick is because they were just so bad at rushing the pass last mm-hmm. year they have they might just be like well we got to address rushing the passer and yes you know top five you can probably get a good player Derek Brown uh would probably be an upgrade from what they have there defensively but i don't think he's after chase young i don't think they're special Mm -hmm. like like jeffrey Okuda is special at the cornerback position yeah and so uh just they were the least blitz heaviest team in the nfl this past year the lines they just blitz more get draft jeffrey Okuda and send five every snap like i don't care if you have him and darius slay your pass defense is going to be a lot better than it was this past year End of story.
0: If Akuda slips past Detroit Lions because of their draft history, they'd rather attack the defensive line, and then Gettleman because he doesn't want to double dip at cornerback. That's that go, and he goes another, goes in another direction. And the Miami's sitting there. Obviously, they want to attack him by Lola. He's at five. You're thinking about Jeffrey Akuda falling to six, seven. That's like a steal. He could get to Jacksonville at seven, or, or, or I think they're at nine. Like that's
1: just I mean absurd. that's how he should
0: not fall. That's kind that of far.
1: how the is the Marshawn Lattimore year. How it just like shook out to where people should have been drafting cornerbacks like the jaguars i'm sure would in a heartbeat love to have Marshawn Lattimore right now but they took what was it that was was that the Fournette net year they drafted Fournette. like it just like shook out to where no one was drafting cornerback, and you see one of the top 10 cornerbacks in the nfl right now who had very few question marks all of a sudden, slips outside the top 10 for some insane reason and i think a lot of those teams that pass on them would like to have a do-over that's just what when that's like how we feel about the cornerback position is that it's one of those positions that a lot of teams wish they could have do overs. Marshawn Lattimore, Tre'Davious White, go top five now mm-hmm. in any sort of redraft. How
0: can you not get game? on board with the Ohio State cornerbacks too? These guys with so much yeah. experience in man coverage. Marshawn Lattimore, won, obvious. Even Garyon Conley, though, since his move to Houston, he ranks inside the top five in forced incompletion percentage because he now he's playing way more man coverage in Houston yeah. and, and thriving at that. I mean, he got beat a couple times in the playoff game, but still he's you know f- constantly forcing tight window targets in man coverage. Jeffrey. Man, if they let him slip outside the top five, ah, oh, be a disappointment because I mean this guy's a very, very good player. Let's go to C.J. Henderson of Florida, six foot one, one hundred ninety-six pound, very thin, he looks thin on the football field, a slight of frame, but he's 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 an athlete. He's definitely fast, and I think he's a guy that at the next level, maybe scheme dependent a bit on where he has success, but he's flashed a handful of traits that you can kind of fall
1: in love with. Yeah, I, I think he has to go to a man-heavy scheme like mm-hmm. that is what he does best. Just sticking with. Uh, Posting wide receivers is about as good as it gets in his class now at the catch point he's gotten beaten a handful of times uh, Has had some lackadaisical play and I feel like Personality wise we've brought that up that he just doesn't seem like a number one cornerback personality Like he's Mm -hmm. not trash talker not brash at all very timid almost in his play style Mm -hmm. Not an in-your-face even when he's in press coverage. He's not knocking guys, you know, he's not Getting that jam in. he's kind of just mirroring you at the line of scrimmage. So he has those he has all the athletic tools you could want to position, but there's just something a little missing. Not quite sure what it is, but I don't know. I, I think you'll still put it together. Like I'd still bet on, you just don't see guys with his sort of movement skills at the cornerback position every day, and when you do, you should probably draft him in the first round. That's how I feel about Henderson.
0: Yeah, when I talked to him, I think it was before the season. He's he, like you said, the personality is not not necessarily. I wouldn't even call it a red flag. I mean, it's something where he's just a more he's a quieter yeah. dude, way more focused on his play and kind of doing his own thing. He said he doesn't talk trash. Mm-hmm. I asked him what his goals for this year. He said win a national championship. I was like, what about you for specifically? He's like, win a national championship. He does not. He's one of those not those quarterbacks like a Jalen Ramsey, like a Marshawn Lattimore. Richard Sherman, where they're like, they play the mental game. A big part of it, their game is the mental game where they're talking trash and, and making fun of how you look. Kind of what you do with me a little bit, but it's it's fine, but it gets in my head and it's same for receivers in the NFL. Uh, underclassmen, Utah. Jalon Johnson 5 foot 10 194 pounds. I love his tape very instinctive mm-hmm. player. I think he's got good athleticism as well He's I think even better than some of the seniors from Utah's defense that are going to the senior bowl Jalen Johnson is a is a guy that
1: back into the first top of the second round like I'm jumping at the opportunity to grab him Yeah, I think he was the best cornerback on this Utah te- or, excuse me, best defender best prospect on this Utah team this past season Even though like they do have a ton of senior talent He to me was the difference maker On that roster, only two picks, but I feel like his sort of, I don't want to say his ceiling in the NFL is higher, but I feel like he'll be a guy who will pick off a lot of passes in the NFL. Like like that will be, he will be his instinctive cornerback. Kind of what you said about Paulson Adebo. Yes, uh, he far, far more so than even than like a C.J. Henderson. He, he just has much better instincts and feel for the position, breaking up passes, you know, using his leverage down the football field and also a very sure tackler over the course of his career, which uh, I think he could be. Uh, he's, he's a scheme diverse sort of fit, can play any sort of coverage you want.
0: Um, where are you at with the rest of this Utah defense, though? Do you think Jalen Johnson arm and leg better or are there other guys on that Utah defense that you're getting excited
1: about? Uh, I think he's quite a bit better. I think Mm -hmm. you see Utah defense is going to live day two. You're going to see probably like five guys come off the board. Francis
0: Bernard, Lucky Foto, Terrell Burgess. Uh, Burgess.
1: And Julian Blackman, all those guys likely day two maybe early day three sort of guys. All
0: right. Hold me closer. Cameron Bloody, Dantzler. Bradley and A2. Yep. Hold me closer. Cameron Dantzler, Mississippi State. His 2018 tape was fantastic. And in 2019, targeted a little bit, not at the same rate, mm-hmm. but I think this year, too, still very impressive in press coverage. I think that's where he kind of really stands out for me. See, I just want to see him weigh
1: in. Like, mm-hmm. that's all I really care about now. He made so, so many more plays in zone this year than he did last year uh, at Mississippi State, where they were just playing a ton of press 2018. This past year, far more diverse uh, sort of coverage skill set and he thrived in it. still he was still very good the, One of the few cornerbacks we talked about who just didn't get torched by LSU mm-hmm. but to me Just need to see uh How much he weighs in it because he looks legitimately like 6'2 he's listed at mm-hmm. Listed at 185 he looks maybe more like 170 like the dude doesn't have any muscle on him but it, it but it hasn't mattered yet mm-hmm. like it, it probably will matter once you get to the NFL but I just need to see it that he can put on weights
0: yeah because being an point. impressive man corps in 2018 against the guys he was going against are nowhere near the same size that less guys will go against the NFL and you can't just do it at 175 pounds mm-hmm. it's not it's not that easy even though he's a six foot two I, I think he's got a lot of tools that you like but you'd like to see him weigh in a little bit heavier so you can you can get comfortable uh-huh. with him playing press man at the next level yes uh, all right we're going to this next guy here from Auburn he this is a name that I will struggle to pronounce it is Noah Igbanagani I'll just take your word for I'm, it. I looked up the pronunciation. I could even <laughs> I could be butchering that right now. I apologize for that. But Auburn, uh, 5'11", 199 pounds, graded better um, as a sophomore. Yeah, but uh, still, though, I, I think there's
1: there's reason to kind of get on board with this guy. Yeah, I'm 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 a fan of his. I, I thought in terms of being able to stick with wide receivers, he has all the athleticism, all the foot speed to be able to do a kick inside, reduce the slot a lot for Auburn in that defense, and was very. Uh, It was one of the most impressive sort of man when playing man coverage in the slot of any cornerback I've seen in this class so far the kicker though Extremely grabby like uh, he had four penalties this past year, which was uh, by the grace of God that he only had four like there there was was Divine intervention there uh, on some refs flags that didn't get thrown this year because he's just all over opposing wide receivers I think he's a guy who another year would have really helped his draft stock Like I don't think he's gonna go I feel pretty, pretty confident that he's not going to go first round. He might not even be, you know, until like a third, fourth round type of guy, whereas I think he has the athleticism and the traits to if he had come back and really shown out next year at Auburn, I think he could have been in the first round sort of conversation with all uh, the sort of tools he does have in his toolbox, but just not. It's just inconsistent yeah. at this point.
0: And his production in 2018, 2019 kind of speak to that. A 74.7 PFF coverage grade in 2018, a 70.1 coverage grade this past year. And like you said, inconsistent. There are some games in here with you know below 62.0 coverage grades where he's allowing kind of bigger receptions and getting mm-hmm. penalized. Kind of like you said, um, going to Amik Robinson. This guy, uh, Amik Robertson, I apologize. Louisiana Tech grades super well. He's five foot eight, one hundred eighty three pounds. One hundred eighty three might be aggressive. That might be, you know, maybe not what he weighs in at the combine. Yeah. But this is a okay. I, I hate saying it, but fun to watch. I mean, he's he, he gets his hand yeah, on the ball a ton. To he gets his he's, hand on the ball a ton, and I think aggressive guys in the group of five that are this small, maybe it's hard to find a role for from in the NFL. But I mean, come on, how do you not how do you not fall in love I, I with a saying, little bit?
1: I love that he declared because he knows he's not going first round. He's no, he's knows he's probably not even going day two. Like mm-hmm. he knew it was just like a long shot, but he balled out this year 17 pass breakups five more picks like he is an in-your-face cornerback reminds me a lot of Jimmy Moreland last year the James Madison cornerback where he's going to get up and press he's going to punch you in the mouth he's going to do anything he can to make up for that size deficiency uh and if he was you know if he was six foot uh 195 and ran a 4-4 he would be a top 10 sort of player Mm -hmm. like that's that's how that's how his feel for the position is but I just don't know where he can do with him. Man, five nine, one eighty three. Like he is tiny. Yeah, and plays mostly outside cornerback there for them at Louisiana Tech. So he's a nice day three guy. Take a flyer on. See if he can play slot for you this guy but. had some
0: interest though when he was a recruit three-star recruit according to 24 7 sports 5 foot eight, hundred sixty-five 165 pounds but still had offers from lsu houston arizona ended up taking the offer with louisiana tech he's from louisiana but like lsu being interested in him who, yeah. who really covets that at the cornerback position or defensive back really i think knowing that he's like somewhat of a good athlete despite his size yeah. I, I mean like a, a good athlete considering his size i think there's gonna be a team on day three that picks up
1: him yeah. and, and really finds that he's the kind of an interesting guy that you can well i think we play. saw jimmy Jimmy Moore, like he goes seventh round and then he was starting this year at the slot for the Uh, Redskins so I think that could be very well be what his future holds
0: man there there have been some disappointing years this year for us but Darnay Holmes I I really did think he was gonna take the next step at UCLA Uh, he's a he's a freaky athlete Mm -hmm. great speed great change of direction I I mean there's a reason people are falling in love with this guy I mean Dane Bruehler is is putting his 40 projection at 436 I I, I could see him running faster than that he is a very very good athlete but Inconsistent, grabby. Yes. Esau Winston Jr. of Washington State absolutely torched him on a handful of routes, and he got beat another time, too. I think you should watch the Michael Pittman game mm-hmm. where I think there were some routes he won, some routes he lost. I think Darnay Holmes, inconsistent, but the athleticism, the traits are really going to draw people.
1: Yeah, he'll have routes where, I mean, even the last year, the Marquise Brown go route. uh, There was a post corner that Lavisca Chenault ran against somewhere. would didn't get a foot of separation throughout the entire route. Like he'll have the times where you just, you say, wow, you're like, how is, uh, how, how come he doesn't do this every single time? You know, that sort of thing, but he doesn't. And he's been inconsistent throughout the course of his career. Three years of starting now at UCLA and very up and down in those three years but uncoachable uncoachable sort of traits and ball skills like he attacks the catch point the right way has some picks where you're just like wow that was you know he could have played could he this play This is a guy that I think guy. he's but. going to the senior bowl and people
0: mm-hmm. are I think there's a chance either people fall in love with him because he blows up the one on ones because he's that much more athletic yeah. or he gets kind of beat down because, I mean, he's a guy that loves to fight on a double move. He's a yeah. guy that likes to get too aggressive at times. And there, there are some and, receivers and there that can do, you could run Michael Pittman, Michael Pittman will, will put it in. Yeah. Michael Pittman will put it in on Darnay Holmes a handful of times. But I think Darnay, if he can turn in a good Was senior. Bowl, in? Oh, sorry. <laughs> put, put, I, I don't like that expression. The more I said it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's dive off the put it in. Let's dive into Trajan, Trajan Brandy. Bandy. Of Miami, another smaller corner that I think there are a handful of routes, like a slant or something in front of him where he plays the ball really nice and and jumps on the ball. You're like, oh, wow, very good stuff here. But smaller, don't love what he can do on the top end from a speed standpoint. And that that
1: concerns me. I don't. So, yeah, he's 5'9", 187. And I don't think he has to change the direction ability to, like, Stay on the outside at least, or, or the like, top speed, really. or even to be like you better be quick laterally if you're playing. If you're a slot cornerback, that's like their, uh, the main trait there. And I don't think he has that necessarily either. He got murdered on a double move by Diamond Brown. Just couldn't hadn't stopped his feet, and then couldn't get up to speed nearly quick enough uh, on a stutter go there. And also not a good tackler at this point over in his career. 41.9 tackling grade because he missed 10 tackles on 38 attempts this year, which is a bad rate. He's been pretty poor in that regard over the course of his career. So if you're small, bad change of direction, and can't tackle, that's...
0: What do you, you not, do? It's not what help. do you that's do you, when you can be a good college corner that's that small, but you also want to play in the NFL? Yeah. I, I don't think you should be playing that position. Really, I mean, it's tough. Like, it's just such a tough position to make it so in the NFL when you're, you're small. Uh, yeah. When you when you when you are that small, and then you factor in that he doesn't. He's not an elite athlete, not mm-hmm. elite uh, from a uh, measurable standpoint. Man, that is that is tough. All right, we're going to Harrison Hand now. Six foot, one hundred ninety two pounds. He earned a seventy point six coverage grade for Temple this year. Uh, transfer from Baylor. Yeah. Yeah. Playing for Temple, you expect it against group of five competition. Maybe he takes a real big step. Uh, not a ton of production for him this year. Uh, stuff that you can't really fall in love with right yeah, now. Yeah, he
1: was just a guy. Yeah. Uh, he declared because uh, Lord knows why, but I'd be surprised if. Uh, so there's a couple of guys who would t- declare that I'd be surprised if they get drafted. He's probably one of them
0: really that's that's where is at. did you check his jersey number is it single digit that's kind of where we have 23 oh man he's not even temple tough yeah if he's not even temple tough i can't i can't get on board with right. this guy are you serious all right well let's just move on from him baylor transfer hard to be temple tough in a year though Maybe next year,
1: if he did stay, maybe, yeah, so maybe he knew he wasn't going to be yeah, Temple You
0: can't tough. be a Baylor transfer coming and you're like, yeah, I'm Temple Tough. Like, dude, you're, you're Baylor butt. You're, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Jo- Josiah Scott, Get Michigan off. State. We're going in here. 5'10", 172 pounds. Uh, smaller guy. Dude. Again, when, yeah. when I see 172, it, you're,
1: already, and he, looks, he just gets slapped around by, like, college wide receivers and, like, loses at the catch point all the time, too. Like, it, was, it already was showing up. It's only going to show up more. Um yeah, very surprised he would come out. Is this bus. another
0: guy where you're starting to think about
1: day three maybe not even an option for him? Or? Yeah, like he's late day three, I'd say, at this mm-hmm. point. Production was all right, but it definitely wasn't to the degree where gonna overlook that he's 180
0: pounds 170 pounds dripping wet yeah that's that's tough to overlook uh going to florida state here stanford samuels bigger not not necessarily the 175 Mm. pounds height but still a thinner frame six foot one 188 pounds three-year starter not not
1: great production though you're not falling in love with his coverage grades or his ball production where are you at with him so yeah he gave up over 1100 yards the last two seasons combined so like he just hasn't gotten torched a lot he's at at his size, you know, you would think he'd be a press sort of cornerback, but he was just so sloppy. with mm-hmm. His feet at the line of scrimmage, I he just got a long way to go. I, I'm another one. I'm surprised he came out. Will he? He will probably be drafted, but this is a this is a day three guy. Uh, at best for us at this point,
0: Utah back to Utah here Javelin got Guidry or Guidry Guidry five, yeah. five foot nine, hundred ninety three pounds play a ton of slot cornerback for them I mean I like Terrell Burgess in the slot for Utah more than I like
1: this guy though name scouting though Javelin is pretty dope he he was he played slot and the Your slot you know, like you think has good his own instincts and he really didn't he was mm-hmm. a lot better when he was asked to just play Man coverage, but again a man corner at five nine one ninety three is a tough sell mm-hmm. in the NFL. It's just not going to be. Uh, it, you're not going to be coveted that highly. And yeah, I really just did not care for him in zone coverage. Uh, the good news, if there is one, the silver lining about him in zone coverage is very solid. Tackler only mm-hmm. 11 missed tackles. On 126 career attempts. Like he's been very good in that regard. But, yeah, not a playmaker uh, on the ball whatsoever so far at this point.
0: Anyway, and with him, too, I mean, I immediately jump to when you turn on the tape at Utah, there's a guy that plays a ton of slot corner. It's Terrell Burgess. I think he mixes his snaps at yeah. box and, and slot corner. But when he plays slot corner, I think this is a guy that has good instincts. He puts his yes. hands on balls. And I think that's uh, um, interesting that he did declare. I think mm-hmm. you got a lot of Utah Defenders, leaving. It's hard hype, to leave. Yeah. It's hard to stick. You gotta hang with the boys. Yeah, yeah, you gotta hang with the boys there. James Pierre of FAU. I have not... I gotta be. I
1: haven't watched a ton of this guy. Where, Another where? guy who I'd be surprised just if he got drafted. Man. Like he, right. We're long. getting to the bottom of the barrel here. He's a long cornerback, but not uh, big. You're not like... He's skinny. He's only 185 pounds, 6'2". And... Uh, I just don't know if he's going to test well at all. I likely like he might run the four sixes at that point. You're, just, you're not going to.
0: Can we end on a high note, please? I and mean, we got to the bottom of the barrel, now you're like losing your words yeah, the here. Safeties, What's the going safeties, on? Some of these safeties,
1: there's, there's one safety I like in this that. All right. We haven't talked about.
0: Let's much. get to it. Xavier McKinney of Alabama. Uh, th- this guy has such a. OK, so there's an interception he has on his tape where he he breaks on. I, I think he gets beat a little bit deeper in the middle and then turns and ends up like falling into an interception. I don't remember who he was playing. I, I was watching all 22. It was good. But mm. I, I think he special of direction right. is what I saw. From yeah. That.
1: OK. No, yes, he did. And I think I actually remember the game you're talking about now. I think it was like a FCS school that they're Western Carolina or something yeah, like that. It was yeah, Western Carolina towards the end of the year. That was a really nice pick. And he does have good ball skills for a safety, kind of a do it all type of guy. Uh, I, I, he's been rising at my board this year uh, with his play. I didn't see I saw good, not special last year, but I think he's been far more consistent game in and game out uh, in 2019 and only a true junior, like I, I probably was a little too harsh on him because he was only a true sophomore playing last year. But has gotten a lot better. Very solid tackler. That's going to be. That's going to help him in the Delpit versus McKinney conversation. If you're talking about top safeties, only 10 missed tackles uh, on 96 attempts this past year compared to Grant Delpit. That's like uh, playing a different football game altogether. So uh, Xavier McKinney has a lot of fans. We're probably not going to be quite as high, but the second round conversation easily at this point for us Gino
0: Stone safety for Iowa played a ton of free safety this past year has earned high coverage grades pretty much all throughout his career but that's what we see at Iowa though these Iowa defensive backs are very well coached specifically in zone coverage to where they grade yes. really really well for us from time and time Desmond King is one of the highest graded defensive backs we've seen in the college era and he played you know, him playing for Iowa Gino Stone as well they have another guy that's going to the senior bowl Michael Ojamudia or mm-hmm. one of those I think there are some plays on his tape where you're like wow this guy's special and he grades
1: well uh, Gino Stone where are you though with him the, the free safety I like Stone a lot more than uh, Ojamudia with the, mm-hmm. the Michael example. Lowe oh, my, yeah uh, Michael Lowe I like him a lot more Gino Gino Stone, I thought, never really had any reps from, like, damn, that was, wow, that was, like, incredible. Let me watch more. Kind of like when I was watching Darnell Savage last year, you saw, like, one play, and you'd be like, holy shit, I need to yes, see more of this yes. guy. Gino Stone I didn't have that many of them, but the more I'm, like, going through his tape, I'm like, oh, wow, like, that's, like, he's consistently making... Quality place mm-hmm. consistently, like getting to where he needs to be quicker than I would have expected him to get there, making you know just really nice football plays and never really getting torched, never really being out of place on the back end. So, I'm, I'm a big fan of this. Uh, the more and more I watched him moving up our safety board, it doesn't have you know absurd sort of uh, statistical profile by any means, but the grading wise, I mean, 85.2 coverage grade as a freshman. Now, we didn't only play 45 coverage snaps, but 89.8 last year, 2018. Uh, 84.5 this past season. That's a very good uh, breadth. Uh, It's a very good sample size, as we like to say.
0: Notre Dame Aloha Gilman uh the safety there he's playing in the box the next level doesn't necessarily have the the top speed where you you think so the Harrison Smith comp's easy but Harrison Smith the Harrison Smith comment I've seen it i lazy it's lazy I guess easy was maybe too generous lazy but this guy is not playing the Harrison Smith role the split safety top uh, over the top role in the next level he's
1: going into the box I think he's a box safety much more likely at the next level than anything else and (laughs) if you're going to use him as a deep safety you might you might be in for you might be in first uh, surprise. It's just not going to be great. <laughs> yeah. So he's gotten torched at times in that Notre Dame defense when he has to go backwards. But anything in front of him, he has been exceptional over the course of his career. Uh, a Fairly solid tackler. Uh, much better 2018 season than this past year. But I think you're just getting uh, a solid. He's probably going to be like a fourth rounder at this point, Fourth round type of safety that uh, is probably going to be your nickel dimebacker sort of guy. Mm
0: hmm. All right, going to Cameron Curl of Arkansas. Graded really well this year. Over a 90.0 PFF coverage grade. And he did that playing a ton of different positions. He played in the box for 185 snaps, 293 at slot corner, 195 at free safety. That do-it-all type, not in the same tier as Xavier McKinney. But when you see that snap position profile where you can see a guy that can have that level of production, 90-plus coverage Uh grade at different positions, that's good.
1: See, I love his instincts and love He's To me, he's just a football player, but he athletically just seems so limited. Mm -hmm. Like he's just not going to, uh, there are plays that he just left on the football field because he doesn't have the explosives, doesn't have the straight line speed to go ahead and make it might run in the four sixes at safety position, which just not the way the game's going Uh, on the back. And you need some speed back there. So uh, I I'm a fan of his, like uh, watching his tape, you you want him to succeed because I think he does a lot of football things really well, but I just, I worry about uh, how he's going to test. I just worry about that. Translating.
0: All right, that's going to do it for cornerbacks and safeties on this underclassmen defense preview. A ton of good guys in there, some guys that maybe should have returned to school. But the guys at the top, again, was Chase Young, Jeffrey Kuda. I think there's reason to fall in love with Cameron Dansler, Jalen Johnson, too, the two cornerbacks, even CJ Henderson. I think nice I, I think we put we put him down a little bit for the personality limited from a trash-talking standpoint. But the dude's still a rare athlete that yeah. can play man coverage the next level and probably have a ton of success. Mm-hmm. Um, last segment of the podcast, but before we dive into that, got to dive into some proper cloth, man. These sponsors are fantastic. This is, I think, the fourth or fifth shirt I've had from them, and I'm liking this lavender. I know it looks a little like Easter Sunday, but I kind of like the good feel. Look. Good good fit. Um, I, I definitely love the fit. But Proper Cloth, if you don't know, go to the website. You're able to choose. And you have one on, too. I like that gray. Yeah, I wear it? this
1: on uh, New Year's. It's uh, Moreno Well, It's actually very nice,
0: comfortable. Nice. Did it? Uh, that's good, man. How? Did it, any compliments on New no, Year's? No, I didn't get any compliments, but it was, it was Okay. It was well, was they obviously time, didn't feel it. But if you, feel, if you <laughs> exactly. feel a Proper Cloth shirt, like, oh, wow, this is yeah. Egyptian cotton, 800 thread. No, but proper doesn't fantastic stuff you can order them all online very customizable great fits there stop wearing shirts that do not fit go to propercloth.com slash pff today and if you enter promo code pff20 you'll save 20 dollars off your first shirt thank you again to proper cloth let's go into rolling rooks now and we 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 started the podcast with this name and we are going to get into it again Mm. dk metcalf just put it No, I'm not using that phrase again.
1: Did a really good job beating the Eagles secondary deep down the football field this past weekend. Some might say he put it in (laughs) on the Eagles secondary. But yeah. Yes, I mean this was this was why you draft him is for the big plays. And yes, they won't show up weekly. He's not going to be uh, we said it during draft time. He's not going to be a 100 catch guy. Like mm-hmm. if he ever gets 100 catches in the career, I'd be in the season I'd be floored. Like that's just not yeah. who he How is. How often are you thrown deep? But, <laughs> like I mean yeah. that's that's what it would be. They and they that's the thing is the Seahawks have thrown deep. More often than any other team in the NFL, not more more frequently. They <laughs> the percentage of throws that are deep are the highest in the NFL. They love going deep because they have the players to execute that skill set. That is DK Metcalf to a T. And then when they're when it's good, it looks like that seven catches one sixty. You just don't have guys who can match. Just not the amount of cornerbacks that can match up with him athletically on the vertical route tree are not that many in the NFL. And mm-hmm. that's why we were so high on him coming. Out. I had him as the top wide receiver on our draft boards because we just felt so safe in whatever that would be working, mm-hmm. you know? Yep.
0: Yep. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think we had him as wide receiver one for that reason, for the, because yeah. he wins those valuable routes and can offer value deep down the football field. If you can do that, you're going to be That's more genius. coveted from even more versatile receivers that could run any route on the route tree. But Hey, if you can't win yeah. on, on, at the deep level of the football field, I, I'm not going to cover you like I can a DK Metcalf. He's a difference maker. He's the guy that puts pressure on the defense. Yes. Uh, next guy, Deontay Harris. I know you're, what we're going to bring up with him. Put, Put um Xavier Rhodes in a blender, attacked his blind spot, <laughs> and then just completely roasted him off the screen. Yeah. But I want to say this too, in addition to that fantastic play down the football field, um, he was really good in the return game. It mean, was very good return. Oh, I, I think he's been one of the one of the, one of the better yeah. returners. I think he the all pro team, both both APs and ours. He's been very good this year.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's just electric. And I'm actually interested to see if they use him more as a receiver because that I mean that route was Crisp, like well, they a, won't be doing
0: that this postseason. Maybe yeah, next
1: year yeah. they could try, but, but uh, they're already out. No, I mean, so they only used him as in, in the offense 72 snaps all year long, including oh, last really? week. So wow. he was not you know, any part of their game plan. He was solely basically their returner. But, I mean, that route was, like, was a nice route. The way he tracked the ball down the football field was, uh, I mean, it looked good. Uh, very similar, I don't want to say, to Tyreek Hill in terms of, but like, I think they could get that sort of usage out of him. early career Tyreek Hill where it was just like, this guy's too dynamic to not start getting him the ball uh, in a number of different ways and see if he can develop as a receiver, but that's just the way he looks uh, you know, as a returner and with that route he ran against Xavier Rhodes.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so what if I told you that Eric McCoy had one of the best rookie seasons we've seen from a center since Nick Mangold? Nick Mangold was probably the only—when uh, I checked this, and I think it was week 16, yeah. week 17, one of the— only highest graded rookie centers we've had and that goes all the way back to 2006 and then what if i told you had his best graded game in the postseason that's insane i mean eric mccoy had such a good year a 79.8 overall grade against minnesota 85.3 as a pass blocker and 77.2 in the run game i mean eric mccoy you couldn't have asked for a better season from a center and they drafted this guy in round two at 48th overall
1: yeah Uh, he. Looks every bit one of the best centers in the NFL and he goes up against Linval Joseph this past week and more than holds his own like that was a very impressive performance. They I I know they gave up, you know, another second rounder to trade up and go get Eric McCoy, but dude looks well worth the pick that they took him with Mm -hmm. Uh, the Saints keep uh, keep trading their future ones for current ones, but they keep hitting on him. So. That's why they keep being in the playoffs. Yeah.
0: There you go. Uh, well, they keep losing in the playoffs. I'm but sure. they do that. Too. That's
1: yeah. Man, I, that was such an interesting game. It was seven point favorites. I have close to seven and a half in some, po- in some spots. The there. Vikings, though, are such like, I feel like they're such a matchup driven team. Like they look like crap one week. But then like some a few matchups that they got that like favor them. And all of a sudden they're. Uh, in the game. I don't know why, but they uh the Jekyll and Hyde team this year.
0: All right, let's go Devin Singletary. This is an interesting evaluation. I saw some draft opponents, even some of draft experts talking about Devin Singletary because he had such a good game uh in 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 the playoffs there, and it's because his combine was awful. Weighed in terribly small, didn't run fast. People were like I, I think I saw a couple people throwing up in Indianapolis <laughs> like, no, like his what draft stock's that? tanking. But what we saw at FAU across multiple seasons is he's one of the better running backs in college football at forcing missed tackles and gaining yards after contact. And when you talk to guys like Eric Eager and George DeHury, who are looking at statistics that translate from the college to the pro levels, they say force missed tackles per touch, elusive rating, and yards after contact like those yeah. things at the running back position translate and you're seeing that now with Devin Singletary I think there was plenty of reason to start to bail on Singletary after his combine But they're also what kept him kind of in good regard and specifically in mm-hmm. BFF's opinion was He still forced a ton of missed tackles at FAU and that that ability doesn't
1: just go away after a bad combine Yeah, he wasn't going to be all basically that said was he's not going to be breaking ripping off 50-yard runs mm-hmm. You know fairly regularly, which they're pretty if you were relying on a guy who to get 50-yard plus runs runs they're they're fairly rare like they're fairly inconsistent even if you are going to be travis Etienne saquon barkley at the next level uh it's just you're not going to have a ton of them grinding up yards between the tackles or getting consistently more yards than you're expecting uh is something that will translate so six broken tackles on 13 carries this past weekend three more broken tackles on six catches for 76 yards like it was a all-around uh performance and they just – they got to give him more carries than Frank Warren next <laughs> I
0: mean, why, the amount of people – I think it was the fantasy uh, community that was getting involved, the draft community was getting involved – Stop giving the ball to Frank Gore. I, I, there was some haters out there, but I mean, Devin Singletary
1: was a better player per play. He's a better
0: player. He gives you more opportunity to, to gain yards there. I um, mean, right. Frank
1: Gore, the wheels—they were just off. Yeah. like it's over. <laughs> like it, I'm sorry, you don't you can't play. I think he
0: only you're... has probably what, another five, eight years. i <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding. Like, dude. All
0: right, Cody Ford blackout segment here. Only two on the blackout yeah. segment. Keeping it kind of positive there. I think I think mm-hmm. he could have easily thrown some others. But 51.8 overall grade for the year for Cody Ford, and he earned a 52.4 overall grade in the wild card game against houston he also got called for that blindside block where he had people adding him on twitter telling him to kill him all this crazy stuff like i hate that i hate that about i mean nfl fandom i hate no but i'm saying i hate that specifically about nfl fandom it's like it's just such a monstrosity sometimes like specifically a rookie a young guy like that um but he's on the blackout segment not, not not solely for that play he did not actually play that
1: well in this game either yeah, four pressures. Now, we went up against J.J. Watt on a good deal of those pass blocks snaps. Tough. That's but tough. tough to still do. still just uh, on only 26 pass block snaps, four pressures. Uh, he, he might have to kick in the guard. Like we, we've said, I think he even said it during draft time, it was like, give him a shot at tackle. Let him have his go there. But his foot speed... Uh, he's just gotten exposed or lack thereof. He's gotten exposed. And so I do think that he's probably, he, he had the test to tackle. I think he's probably as future as a guard. Still think he could be a very good player at guard, but I just do not think tackles probably uh, just going to be best suited for his talent. Uh, he's, He'll get better, obviously, but I, I don't think that that's his future.
0: All right, now we got to talk Travis Homer. Uh, after what was a promising, I think, debut for him a ten runs against San Francisco, sixty-two yards—this was this was quite the opposite. He had a fumble, I think, it was on the first carry, his first carry of the game. He fumbled the football. That's going to hurt your grade. And they also didn't force a single missed tackle on his eleven carries and gained twelve yards, fourteen of which coming after contact. I mean, it wasn't like it was easy <laughs> sledding, but still, that kind of performance is unacceptable and a really bad one at that.
1: Yeah. And- And it's we talk about running backs don't matter. But like when you're on to your fifth string running back, it kind of starts to like it's because there's so many good ones. But there's not, you know, there's not over 100 good ones in the NFL that can run behind an offensive line. So, yeah, they're just kind of. Behind the eight ball right now, the Seahawks with their running game probably shouldn't be leaning on it the way they are. I'll
0: say this though: I mean, that Seattle Seahawks offensive line didn't give him a ton of love in that. Oh yeah, game. I mean, it was that's, a
1: bad. Game. That's not that's been that's been their ML though. They haven't been giving a lot of love to any of them. like this. It's just not a great offensive line. So I, I do think if you don't have Chris Carson running behind you, you might not be getting the success you want.
0: No, no. Seattle Seahawks offensive lineman earned an above a 57.0 run blocking grade in that game. I mean, they, they just got like blown up. I mean, that's just like completely yeah, torched by, f- and they were playing a ton of backups. So I think they had backup center or backup at other positions too, but like oh, when Joey you're not Hunt. getting help up front, it's next to impossible regardless of I mean, how good you are as a running back to have mm-hmm. success. But Travis Homer still did not perform above expectation in that game. That's going to do it for the 2 for one Drafts podcast. It's been a fantastic one. Love talking underclassmen, especially at that defense position and some rolling rooks. Tune in Thursday that's some even more more good stuff for you. I even talked to Jalen Rager of TCU. Could throw that in the mix there. So tune into that. Remember, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find us live on YouTube Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's going to do it. Austin Gale, Mike Brenner, 241 Drafts.